Hello, how's it going? This is podcast number two, Generation Creative. Today we have Andy Alvarez. Andy is a creative director at Adidas in Germany. Andy was a BMX semi-professional who developed a love for the arts, photography, and videography through the world of BMX. Andy later went on to go to Penn State University for their graphic design program and went on to work for companies like Triumph, Puma, Adidas, to name a few. All right, let's get it started. Andy, let me hear a little bit about yourself. Let's see, what can I tell you? I'm a, I'm a father. I've, got, uh, I've been with my wife now for coming up with 13 years. I currently live in Nuremberg, Germany, um, but I'm originally from the States. And um, yeah, I'm kind of a jack of all trades in, in the, the world of, you know, creative, I guess. So um, I write, I shoot, I direct. Um, I I kind of like to do everything and I've, I've always operated that way. So it's, it's landed me in a, a really unique situation um i think there's a lot of other people out there that that are in this unique situation which is cool yeah um so maybe it's not that unique but i think it's it's um it's a rather niche field in this in this this world that we operate in um you know very much like yourself like um i'm i'm someone that that likes to do it all and i'd like to do it all because i'd like to do it all not to show you that i can do it all because i'd like to do it all um and uh, yeah, so man, you pretty much a, just you pretty much just answered every single question before I even got to it. Um, so that's great. Man, okay, um, well, yeah, that's a, a creative problem solver right there. <laughs> so, so let's talk a little bit about. So, where did you like? We met. We didn't meet in the creative world. Um, you were no. a pro BMXer when I met you. You were you were living at Woodward Camp, competing. You were. Doing for most people that don't know what BMX um, freestyle is, is you know guys that do all the tricks at X Games, and you know nobody would know what a do tour is now these days. But all those crazy nah. guys doing the backflips and spins on bikes. Andy was one of those guys, um, and so I met Andy there. We all uh, there was a group of us that were all living there around the same time, and um, we all just kind of fed off each other. We learned from each other. We had great sessions. We got together um, at, at Woodward, and, and so I'm trying to understand where your transition came from this action sports person doing the tricks, doing the contests, doing the shows, to I'm going to start going to the creative world. So kind of mm -hmm. bring me into that. Like, What was the turning point in your life when you decided that's what you wanted to do? Yeah, it's, it's, um, well, let me start. I, I think I appreciate the, the background intro. I would say that you were, you were the, uh, quote unquote pro. I, I was, uh, I like to describe myself as an almost has been. So like I was there, um, but I wasn't on the same level, but, but thank you for, uh, acknowledging that I was there, which is nice. Um, but you know, like I actually, for me, there was actually never really a transition. If I'm being honest, I think, to a lot of people, it appeared that there was a transition, um, but internally, I actually never really saw a transition. And and I describe it like this: I always wanted to be a pro bike rider. I mean, like as long as I can remember, I wanted to be uh, a pro bike rider. Ever since I saw BMX when I was a kid, um, it transformed my whole life. Um, 
simultaneously, and I mean, almost at the exact same time um, that I got into BMX, I discovered photography. And they really went hand in hand because not only was I growing and progressing as a bike rider, but, um, you know, I, I wanted to document that and I wanted to document what my friends were doing. And um, I just studied every magazine that I could ever get my hands on. And I just shot and shot like the guys that I saw. So this guy, Mark Losey, was a big inspiration. Jeff Selinski, a number of people. Um, and I was, I mean, I was shooting since I was like 11, 12 years old. You know, so in the dark room every day, um, shooting, just, just burning through roles um, and doing this. So like creativity and, and this creative world was always something that I was doing um, simultaneously while riding. Then... Um, you know, as I started riding more and more and more and getting better and better, you know, I was always flirting on this edge of, um, you know, like being the pretty good guy at the skate park. Okay. Um, but what I, you know, I had a, a real realization probably when I was like 17 or 18, um, that I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm not there. Like I'm not on that level. Dudes that were just a few years older than me, um, who I really looked up to, you know, like Alistair Whitten was probably the biggest influence of my riding. Um, hands down. He's in my opinion, the most naturally talented bike rider of all time. He was like two years older than me. Mm-hmm. And thankfully I'm, I'm friends with him to this day. Um, but I was like, man, how, how can I get there? And so what I did was I, I started to solve the problem the same way that I did with photography and riding. I knew that I had to find a different route. So I talked my way into getting a job at Woodward because I knew the best bike riders in the world went to Woodward. I came to Woodward as, um, I got a job as like being an instructor and a camp counselor. And I worked my fucking ass off. I knew from a really early age that hard work was the only, it's the only route to success. There's a very, there's a handful of lucky people in this world. I was not one of them. The only reason I was lucky is because I knew I was, I had to work my ass off. So I did, I got to Woodward and I worked my ass off and I got myself from just being a, a counselor and cleaning the skate parks to being an instructor, you know, kind of gaining notoriety, like becoming a homie, but then still asking for extra jobs, doing extra jobs. Cause I knew that I wasn't going to go back to California. Um, after that summer, I had just graduated high school. I didn't want to go to college. I wanted to be a pro bike rider. So you, I found out who owned the camp. You know, the, the crazy ahead, thing about Jared. that, like, I, I know, you know, and we'll continue this. Uh, I think that that's one of your biggest assets that from, from knowing you, you will work your ass off and everything. Even when we've been on shoots together, like, you are the driving force to everything that is happening, there's a whole team of people doing, you got photographers, you got the athletes, you got the trainers who are showing them what to do. And I'm talking about the, the, um, Adidas shoots and you're the, you're the energy, you know? So it's, it's crazy to hear that you, that this has been with you from the beginning pretty much. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it was always, um, always the hustle. You know, I'll, I'll get back to like how, how I found it, but I didn't know that I always had it right okay. until it was retrospective. But you know, it was like, I got to Woodward and I was like, cool. Who owns this bitch? <laughs> I found out that it was Gary Reen. And I went up and I introduced himself, myself to him. And I said, yo, I want to, 
what do I have to do to live here? And uh, he's like, well, you know, I, I don't know if you can live here and blah, 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 blah. So I just like, I just never left him alone. I made sure that he saw me every single day. Every single day, I made sure that he saw me with a broom in my hand or helping somebody out for about three months. I was only scheduled to be there for two weeks and they got extended week for week for week for week for the whole summer. Um, and then at the end, there was like some, some big event or something happening at the end of that summer. I said, you all stay. Like, I'll cut the grass. I'm, I, I don't give a fuck. Let me stay. So they let me stay. And I just continued to do the same thing every day. I made sure that Gary Reed knew who I was and I had a broom in my hand and a smile on my face every single day. And, um, so that's how I ended up being able to stay at Woodward. So it was like, cool, check one. It was like, move to the best place for riding bikes on earth, um, to be with the best people. So it was like, I was 18 years old, fresh out of high school. I left West Hollywood and then I, I lived, uh, with, at the time it was Jamie Beswick. Kevin Robinson, Alistair Witten, Axel Jurgen, Tom Stober, um, damn the big guns, Nate Wessel, and uh, subsequently John Parker moved there right after. But yeah, like uh, Chad Keggy lived there, and that was the crew. And um, so it was like my my level of influence and my level of riding. Yeah, um, and they, like it just it went through the roof. So like that. That was that like cool step one, step two, step three. Um, and then, and then like, then I realized again, I was like, yeah, I still don't have that thing. So I started to figure out how to make my own thing. Mm -hmm. And I, and I looked and I looked and I started to find these little niche things that no one was doing that were able to like kind of separate me. Cause I mean, it, it, it a very baseline, like, I was above mediocre. When, when right? you mean your thing, when you mean your thing, you mean like your own riding style or do you mean like, yeah, okay. yeah. Like my, gotcha. my, my riding style, you know? And you know, I just started to learn shit that like nobody else was doing. Um, you know, it was like, uh, or very few people, you know, like these like no footed nose wheelies. And then I figured out how to like put those in or like I could do the longest ice pick grind. Yeah. Um, and just, just these little things that I could put some pizzazz on. Yeah. And then in like 2003, I learned how to flip with because I think there were only like four or five people like in the world doing it at the time. Yeah. Um, and I was like, cool, if I can learn a flip with, like I'll be straight. So the day I learned a backflip, I learned to flip with, and that was something that I probably did like 500,000 of those over the course of a number of years, because it was like, that was a get out of jail free card. It was like, I, I then surpassed. And just to Everybody, add, just but, to add to the people yeah, that, that may be listening to this that are not a BMXer and are more like, wait, I want to hear about video. A flip whip is a backflip tail whip when you spin your bike around when you're upside down on your bike and you land. But the great thing about what what you're talking about, BMX, because BMX is a lesson to all yep. of us um, as far as hard work, dedication, repetition, and kind of falling yeah. flat on your face and doing it over and over again. So this will transition mm -hmm. to something at some point. Yeah. And I, I mean, I could go on for a long time, but I yeah. think like to that point, George, what I figured out was I figured out how to be noticed. Yeah. Knowing that if I went the traditional route, that wasn't going to work for me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and it was like, oh, I ended up having like, I had some really good sponsors. Like I always had good bikes. I always had um, enough money to eat and travel. I had people paying me to travel and, you know, I still worked at Woodward and it was like, for me, like I made it, you yeah. know? Um, and then, yeah, like long story short, like 
that hustle just then i got to a point where i was like the bmx like it had plateaus like it couldn't go any higher and i was really really aware of that and um i wasn't afraid to step away like um and i knew that the next step for me was gonna it had to be something that i wanted to do so um there were only two things that i really liked was riding bikes and shooting photos a lot of people never knew that i shot photos because i had just like parked that shit yeah i was i was one of those people like i never like i I knew you were into that world, but I didn't. I never mm-hmm. knew you shot photos. I never knew you were a creative person. So when I was very surprised when you went back to school, um, mm-hmm. because I was kind of a, along the same path. I I was actually hurt. I was sitting in a hospital, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like I need to figure yeah, this man. out right now because I can't keep getting injured before every contest. But mm-hmm. it's so crazy because I never knew that until all of a sudden. I was going to you for help. I used to go to your school because I went to a two-year school. Mm-hmm. You went to a four-year – you went to Penn State. And I remember yep. you used to help me kind of print stuff. And, like, you you always seem to have this knowledge. Like, you're the kind of person that anyone can go to, and whatever's going to come out of your mouth, I'm going to do or believe and go, okay, cool, yeah, I think that works. You know, I'm going to try it out, you know. So that's, I think, something about you. Yeah, I appreciate but, that. But go ahead. So then – so there you were. You were well, – yeah, I, and, and and it just it just went back to like, and I've also never compromised, you know. Yeah. Um, it was like I don't, I didn't want to get, um, I didn't want to just do something to go to school. Like I wanted to shoot photos. Like back in the eight, sorry to jump shit, but back to like not even knowing that I was shooting photos, dude. When I was like fifteen, I won all these awards from the state of California and from Cal Arts. Like I got paid. I got That's money so when crazy. I was a kid That's for shooting so photos. Like I had. Yeah, like, I won, like, these crazy awards. And, um, yeah, like, I almost went to Brooks Art Institute, which was in Santa Barbara. And, like, I had a ride to there for photo school. Um, but I was like, nah, fuck that. I just want a ride. Um, it's funny how BMX kind of so, takes you away from everything that you can possibly potentially be doing in your life. Because it's it's so much fun. And the people that we've met, like, I mean, that's the greatest part about, like, the BMX world is... You know, we a lot of people that we know could have been, you know, even you mentioned Jamie Beswick earlier. Jamie Mm -hmm. had a great job back in the UK and he quit to Mm -hmm. come to America to be a professional BMX. And he's one of those few guys. He's one of the few guys that made it. And even him now, he owns owns a coffee shop, you know, (laughs) so it's just crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it's um, it's a crazy thing. And I think uh, BMX is a great any, any sport where you you legitimately have to go all in um, to be better at. Like you cannot, you cannot half-ass it um, and get any sort of results or like you'll just at a baseline, you just risk being hurt. Right. So there's not, um, it's fun, but it's not playing around. No. And I think that that, um, when you know that, you know how to operate on that level. um, Everything else is easy for sure. So, you know, all right. So you, you're back in school, right? Yeah, yeah. How'd you decide hey, to go actually, to the school you went to? Hey, to be honest, that was fucking crazy. That whole thing was so crazy. So, like, Penn State is a Big Ten university. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the biggest schools in the United States. Um, and I had, I had decided, like, I wanted to go to school for photography. That's all I wanted to do. And, you know, I, I put seven years in with Gary Reem, who I, I got to know very, very well. 
and he's an old Penn State alum. And uh, I'll never forget this. Like, I actually I had called and quit all my sponsors. I was done with BMX, and I, then I realized I had absolutely no money, and I worked a super shitty job. I worked at an all girls um, clothing store in State College, and I was just like building shelves and like stocking boxes. And I'll never forget this. I was in the parking lot of the place one day, throwing boxes out. And Gary, I don't think I ever told you this, George. No, I've never and, heard uh, this story. It's so new to me so, right now. So Gary Rain pulled up in his like $250,000 Porsche. And uh, he pulls up next to me and he's walking into the golf club store. And this motherfucker goes in and he drops like buku bucks. He comes out with a whole new set of irons, everything. And, um, oh, dude, I got to backtrack. I, I, I thought I won the lottery the night before. Oh, I remember that you know story. I remember that. I heard that story. I heard that story. But no, okay, go so ahead. Tell it. I, yeah, yeah. Tell that whole yeah, story. It, I want to hear that. It goes full circle with this Gary Reed thing. So, um, so yeah, like, like I said, like I was working a super shitty job, like trying to figure out the next steps, like figure out how to get into school. And, um, uh, I would always only ever have like by like Friday, like five bucks in my pocket. And then I would get paid on Friday and I, I could make it like, I could make it to Friday. I knew I could always make it to Friday. And, um, on a Thursday, I took the last five that I had and I bought a lotto ticket for this game match six. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Like I have enough food, everything. Let's get a lotto ticket. Let's see what happens. So the next day is a Friday and that's when they do the drawing of the, the game when you get the numbers. Did a session. I was riding my bike and uh, I stopped at the gas station on the way home. And I asked the dude, I said, hey, can you print out the numbers to match six? And the printer was broken. Um, so he wrote out the six-digit number. And I'm standing at this gas station and I look at my ticket and I look at what he wrote out. And in order, they match. Boom, boom, boom. So it was like, you could, you could have the six numbers across, like, I think I got to choose, like, 50 or something. Yeah. And if I had those six numbers in there, um, I would win a little bit. But if I had them in order, in the same line, I had it, like, the best you could have it. And it was, like, 500000 bucks. And the guy wow. looked at me, and, and I was like, he's like, are you okay, dude? I was like, dude, I think I fucking won the lottery. And I showed him. He's like, dude, you won the fucking lottery. And I was like, and I ran, and I got in my car. And yo, I like drove home. I was calling everybody. I called my dad. I was like, dad, I think I won the fucking lottery. He's like, well, what are the numbers? I was like, he, like, he can't see the tickets. You know, yeah, this is yeah. $2. He doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, dad, I, I won the fucking lottery. He's like, dude, that's amazing. Um, I called my girlfriend who's my now wife. I was like, yo, I won the fucking lottery. She's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, I won the fucking lottery. So I pulled up to her house and I had to my name. I can still remember it. I had about, a uh, hundred dollars in credit cards left. That's all the money I had. Yeah. Cause I spent my last $5 the day before on that ticket. So I knew what I was going to do. Cause I lived in a college town. I was, I called all the homies and said, Hey, we're all going out tonight. I won no. the lottery. Yeah. I told my girlfriend, I was like, Hey, I got a hundred bucks. I was like, let's party from now until Monday morning. We'll save 20 bucks because it was a college town. So yeah, 80 yeah. bucks, you could fucking rage for three days. I was like, Monday morning, we'll save $20 for gas. We'll drive to Philly and we'll ca or Harrisburg. We'll, we'll cash in my ticket and I'm gold, right? Mm -hmm. 
So like, I'm feeling fucking amazing. And um, right before we go to go out, I was like, I just got to check again, you know? And I pulled up the, now I pulled up the website and I, I type in the game and uh, the numbers were different. And I was like, what? Like, what? Why, why don't they match my ticket, you know? And um, yeah, what ended up happening was the dude wrote out the winning numbers for the other six digit game. Wow. And it just so happened that on the exact same day, they matched in order. And so like, what's even crazier is if I had played the other game, I would have won. Yeah. Like have you played the day before? Million. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he like, he wrote out the wrong numbers and it crushed me. Um, I like sat and I cried for like two days, like no joke. And everyone that I had called, like, I think even, I think my girlfriend even called them and was like, yeah, he didn't win, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I can dead. imagine for, for anyone that doesn't know the BMX world from the outside, it looks like everybody's making a million dollars a year from the inside. And that's a reason it's a reason I I got I gave up at one point and I'm like I can't do this anymore. You're always broke. So I mean broke yeah. broke ramen noodle broke. Like student broke. Yeah, broker than student dude. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, you're like you're poor, poor, poor. You're poor, 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 poor. Yeah, you're like you're like sleeping on couches, you know, living with yeah. four or five people in the same place mm-hmm. so you can so so winning anything yeah. at that point would have been like man. All right. So I used to going. think a hundred bucks was gold. A hundred bucks was life changing then. Oh know? my God. Yeah. I mean, I talk about that with my wife all the time. Like, you know, what, what did we do back in the day when we'd live off $5,000 a year? And now, you know, every now and then you make a nice, nice chunk of change in, in the yeah. week, you know? So, yeah. but yeah. So, okay. So you, you would think you won the lottery, but you didn't your wife. So, yeah. So like I was, I was as down as you could be. I mean, like as down as you could be. So then, um, so it was, yeah, it was Monday afternoon and I fucking, I ran into Gary Ream and, uh, you know, he'd come out just spending a couple thousand bucks on golf clubs and he looks at me and he goes, Hey, I heard you won the lottery. No. And he, he started, yeah, boy. He, he was snickering. He was laughing. He's always been a, he's always been a supporter and a, and a, you know, a really big influence to me. Like, I mean, he really treated me like a son and I, I love him. And, um, I was like, yeah, you know, I kind of broke down to him there. And he said, well, what do you want to do? He said, what were you going to do with that money? I said, man, I was going to go to Penn State. I was going to go to school. And he looked at me, and this is the richest guy I ever met, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he goes, you don't need money to go to school. He said, you want to go to school. Like, you can go to school. He said, actually, you got no money. It will be even easier for you to go to school. I was like, are you? What? He said, take out a fucking loan, dude. He's like, take out student loans. And, um... So I looked into it and uh, that night I like went online and I applied to Penn State. Now I can't verify this. I I almost don't want to ask him because it ruins the mystique for yeah, me. Yeah. But since he's such an old Penn State alum, I, I believe that he pulled some strings for me. He's very because connected. like he definitely is. He's insanely connected. Honest to God, that night I went on. I like filled out an application. A few days later, someone hit me up from Penn State, um, and then it was like another month later and they were like hey uh like you know your first day is on the set i was like what the fuck like for me getting into college was easy like it was like five clicks on a mouse and that was it yeah and which is insane especially at a penn state you know like people work their lives off to to go there absolutely you know nobody knows but there's there's kids here from all over the world from you got kids from 
the Middle East, you know, Japan, China, from everywhere in the world. Like, you walk downtown. It's one of the biggest universities in the world. Yeah, it is. It is. Right here in this small town. But yeah, so it, go ahead. It's insane. But what's even crazier, what's even crazier is, and this is like one of those linchpin moments that got me to like right here with you on this phone call today. I went in for my first day, which is kind of like orientation and where you like declare your major. Cause I was coming in as an adult student. So I didn't have some of these formalities that you do in high school with your advisors, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. So I like had this one-on-one and uh, the lady's like, cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, what are you coming for? Are you coming to be an English major or this or whatever? I was like, Oh, uh, I'm going to be a photography major. Mm-hmm. And she, she looked at me and she was like, well, we don't, we don't have photography here. And I was like, what? She goes, well, we have this thing called graphic design which I, I had heard about design, but I had no idea really what it was. Mm-hmm. She said, yeah, I, I think there's photography in that. Um, but unfortunately, it's all full. It's a super elite program, and they only let 20 kids in per year, and there's like 7,000 kids that applied, and you know, like, you're not, you, you can't get in. I remember, and, uh, I remember, just real quick, I remember going into your, um, once you were in that class, Mm-hmm. I remember going in there and it was completely different from the school I went to. Like I went to a two year school, like a technical school for graphic design, you know? Mm-hmm. And when I went to yours, I was just like, holy shit, this is, this is legit. Like these are the people that go out and make it, you know? Um, yeah. Because I was comparing what I was taking you know, and not to, you know, the school I went to is great. It has a great program to your program. But when I saw what you guys were doing and what you, you know, just, just walking through, um, I'm not even sure what room that was that you took me to when I went to visit your school, but, um, it just kind of left me thinking. And, and even when I went to visit, when I went to visit you at uh, Adidas recently, it, it was like mm-hmm. I was walking into the same room pretty much. Um, that's yeah, what it felt like, um, at least. but that place was insane. I mean, it was set up to be what a real world full functioning high end studio Absolutely, was yep. like, and mm-hmm. that's the way they treated it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that place was crazy, man. And uh, so, where, you're, where was I so you're doing your interview, um, and you're you saying you want to be a photographer. She says right. we have a graphic design program, but it's hard to get into. Yeah, yeah. Well, she said like, it's impossible. Like it's already full, right? And uh, you know me. It was like I was already that far in the game. Like I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna try something else. Like I was only going there to do that. Um, so I did the same thing. I said, well, let me let me just say I'm undeclared. Uh, who's the head of design? She told me who the head of design was, and I, I like, I w- walked into their office five minutes after, and um, I basically just told them like, "Yo, like, I- I'm here for this shit." And he didn't know that I just found out about it, but I said like, his name was Bill Kelly, and I said, "Yo, like, I'm here. Like, I'm an adult. I'm not a kid. I'm not playing. Let me, let me just apply." And he said the same thing. He's like, here's the deal. I'll, I'll let you put in the application. I'm going to give you a design problem. Come back with a response in a week. Um, we'll look at it. But look, it's a 20-kid program. That's it. We already got our 20 kids. I said, man, just just let me fucking do it. So they gave me the design problem, and uh, I did it. I submitted it, and a day later, they said, hey, congratulations. You're the 21st student. You're the only 21st student we ever had. Wow. So that just was like crazy. that. Yeah, That's so wild. Just like that. Yeah, and um, it was the only way it was going to be, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. it was the only way it was going to be. And uh, so then, I, yeah, then I started. I was in the graphic design program, and um, that that whole thing, like, long story short, 
I, I was 22 years old going on 23 when I first started. So I'm with a bunch of 17 and 18 year olds mm-hmm. and they were like, dude, what, you know, and I had tattoos and, and all this. And the teachers were like, dude, what the fuck is your deal? Basically the whole story I just told you about from my inception to, to where I'm at, like that was me. Like, that's how I, like, they were like, Oh, you're okay. You're like, you're not playing. Um, they're like, here's what we're going to do. You got to keep doing all your work, but we're going to hook you up with our alumni and, and you, you go do real work. So I think it was like, you know, every person that came through, um, I got introduced to and it was amazing and it was super informative. And I had these like special opportunities that other kids didn't have because they saw like, I was a grown man, you know, like compared to these kids. And I don't, not and, only that, uh, Andy, the, the, the thing about you or, you know, um, you just mentioned it right now. You were the 21st student, 20 students, only 20 get, you know, and typically a lot of these students are not to put them down. Some of these guys are like, you know, they come from families who can just send them to school and do that kind of stuff. And, uh, and you are willing to, when you want something, you make it happen, which is the same reason why you are where you are. There's no like, well, I didn't, it didn't work out. So I guess I'm just going to walk up away from this one like you you made it happen like you pushed you put yourself in that position and that allowed you to be introduced to these people that could help you get to the next step in your life you know so that's the thing about that's the difference and that's yeah. one of these things the reason I'm, I'm i want to do these podcasts is because of that like to show that the people mm-hmm. who are in the positions they are they didn't just get there because somebody placed them there maybe some people do but like no. most people are because they no matter what was against them, they were pushing through. They were going to make it happen, you know, for themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's so that's so crazy. That's like, you know, I, I love that part of your story where, like, even just getting into the class wasn't just you signed up and here you were, you're in class and yeah. you're doing your thing. Because when I saw it, I just went, I just showed up to visit you and I, and I would go there. You would help me print certain things because I didn't have a large format printer. And so... Mm-hmm. I would see it from the outside, like, oh, cool, Andy. You know, he must have somebody must have sent him. You to were school. printing. You were printing the first time uh, record covers. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yep, I was. Yep, I was there right. to print the record yep. covers. Yep, and and mm-hmm. and they turned out to be great. You know, which is you know another thing. When I, I like I said, I went to a two year school, and everybody was young kids who just went to art school because they thought art school was supposed to be easy, and I was there to work, and I wasn't twenty two mm-hmm. years old. I was thirty years old. You know, so. Yeah, you were old. Yeah, I was old. <laughs> old as one longer. Now I'm 40. <laughs> yep. That's crazy. You know, I wish I would, you know, that's how time works and that's exactly how it was supposed to happen. So, yeah. Let's go back to let's go back to you. So, here you are. You're being introduced to alum. You're getting an opportunity that most people aren't because they they see you. Yeah, they man. See it you. was it was Yeah, they they saw me and you know, um you know me, George, I'm not afraid to tell people what I think. Um but I'm also not afraid to tell people what I think because I'm, I will, I will fucking outwork you. That's it. Like, um, there's a, there's a huge difference between hockey and confidence. Yeah. I am uber, uber confident about what I know. And I'm also very aware of what I don't know. And so, um, I, I will fucking step to anybody about some shit that I don't know. And I will humbly bow down about shit that I don't know. And when you when you know that line and you know how to ride that line, um, you know where to put in the work and you know how to make it work and you can show you can show out, right? But it's when people like try to ride that 
that middle ground where they think they're smart about one thing but not so much about the other and they try to compensate. Um, that's where it, like, it fucks shit up, right? So I just, I just championed what I knew and I also, and then I knew the secret sauce was that like, if you work hard and you, you allow it to happen, it'll work out. So, um, yeah, I mean, you might want to cut that. I don't know where I was going with it, but it was just like, no, no, no. I mean, I like, I like what you were, like, yeah, what you were no, saying is there's it, no, there's no secret. Like to me, there's no secret. There's no luck. Um, like you can do anything you want to do. If you do the work, that's it. That's it. That's it. And and being self-aware of, of your shit. Right. Like, you know, the funny thing um, on my my list here before I was going to interview you, I have, I have hard worker, confidence, uh, energy. Um, and that's one thing about you that I have taken and tried to learn from you is confidence. Confidence for me was always hard to get. It was always something I had to really work towards. And from the outside, people look at me and they think, oh, George is really confident, whatever, you know. And mm-hmm. I work constantly. And I'm always jealous of somebody like yourself who has uber confidence and is able to just walk into a room and just present yourself. And for me, that took years of work to learn to do. At times, I will prepare myself for a big you know, event or thing, even, even a, a shoot, um, that I'm going to be on. I, the day before I'm like, you're going to do this. You got this, blah, blah, blah. Like anything that could help me believe in it. And then the day mm-hmm. off, I put on the confidence phase and deep down inside at times I am yelling to the top of my lungs in fear because I'm like, do I, do I really have this? Am I really, am I real? Am I the real deal? And then when you're done with it, you're like, Holy crap, that wasn't that bad. But you, no matter what, you're always so confident in every single thing that you do. And that's something that I look up to um, because I wish I was like that, you know. And I think many people out there wish they had that talent. That's a great talent to to have. And I think since I met you, you've always been that kind of guy where, like, even riding bikes, you're like, hey, Georgie, hey, check this out. Like, And you're, like, going to throw a big flip whip over the box. And I'm just like. Yeah, I'm not doing that ever, you know, and then you were the kind of guy that were like, I don't care. I'm going to go for it. I don't care if I land or don't land or whatever happens, happens. But that's something. But you that- know what's funny? You know what's so funny that you say like, and this is going to burst your bubble maybe, George. I'm not confident at all. <laughs> like, I, the only, like, you have to remember if you know what you know yeah, and you know you're right. What do you have to be scared of? Exactly. That's like, that's it. Like, you're like, oh, well, I would never, you know, you know, I can walk into a room and, and present to people and, or I can, you know, command a shoot or I can, I can be, be the shooter or even when it comes down to riding and, you know, um, but remember, it's like this, you got hired to do a job because of you. So when someone is asking you, it's because they need you. Right. Like if you are like, that's the thing, like there's no, um, and I champion that and I, and I've learned the hard way about second guessing myself. And that goes into the difference between like confidence and, and being cocky is that, um, I don't think that I got hired by anybody, um, because I'm the shit. I think I got hired because I'm damn good at the thing that I've spent 15 years 
working my ass off on. Yeah, absolutely. That's the difference. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. and, and there's a lot of people that are like naturally talented, um, but they're super fucking lazy. Yes. Um, and we know way too I many of that, those people. Yeah. Hey, there's so many people that I believe have just wasted their gifts um, because they knew it was a gift. Right. Um, and that's heartbreaking, actually. It um, is. It is. it is heartbreaking because, it, you know, I've seen it many times. People who are, you know, just just have this uber amount of talent and they just don't believe in themselves. But it's it's great because, you know, like here I am thinking because there's a conversation I have with so many people. Confidence, confidence. Where does it come from? You know, and I see you as a super confident person. And then for you to break it down to go like, no, I'm confident in, in what I know because I work so hard to be there. And most mm -hmm. people around you might see you as this like, oh, and he's just a confident guy. He knows what he's talking about. And so it's always great to learn about someone and understand that they work. Everybody works. This That's one of the hardest. Any person presenting or doing something in, in a certain power, in a certain level in their lives, mm -hmm. they have to work. That's one of the that's one of the things they have to work hard on is just that confidence to be able to to tell someone what to do, to hold a camera yeah. to design something and be confident that that is the right design um, and, mm -hmm. and be able to, um, you know, bounce ideas off each other and be confident to protect your idea and say, yeah, this is, this is what's going to work for this project. And this mm -hmm. is what we're going to go with. Um, but yeah. we're, we're not going to stay here for too long. So, so here you are, you're yeah, finishing yeah. school. Yeah. But Hey, one thing I wanted to tell you too, Yeah. with that confidence, you also have to be able to know, when you don't know something yes, and that that is totally fine. And there's so many people that get caught up on, um, worrying about what they don't know instead of just asking, like I'm the, like if someone proves me wrong and it doesn't take much to do, I'm fine to flip it. I'm fine to go the other direction. Yeah. Like, you know, you have to hold your line, but if there's, if there's value somewhere else and it's the better value, um, or you, or it's something that you don't know that shows strength by just admitting to it. And it's not a weakness. So that's just, just like adding to that. I think like you can be confident, um, not only by what you do know, but what, why you don't know. Right. And being able to say like, Oh, I didn't know that. That's now I can, now I know, now I can know it. That's fucking awesome. That's always cool. Like, although, although you have, you can, you can kind of be confident in your work and, and ideas and design. You can always, you know, I mean, I'm one of those people that I always, I, I like to have a nice group of people that I know, know their shit. And I'm always like, what yeah. do you think about this? Can you give me some feedback? And they did vice versa. Mm -hmm. They do the same thing with me. We just trust each other because there's not much, you know, you got one brain sitting be between your eyes. And so there's, yeah. there's, although a lot of amazing things can come out of it, there's also, you know, there's, there's other people who might see something that you saw, you stared at for weeks and months or whatever. And to you, it's great or it's horrible. And they're like, oh man, this is actually really good. Or no, dude, you should go back and try this and, you know, and, and, and start over again. So it's always great to be yeah. able to do that because that's how you fall flat on your face. If you're so, sometimes mm -hmm. people hold on to their own so much that they fail. I know I've been there many times and I'm just like, no, this is, this yeah. is where we're going. And then people are like, uh, yeah. I mean, I think there was, there was a point where you had hired me for something and at the end you were like, Hey, I'm not, I'm so sorry to tell you, I'm not, we weren't very happy with the work and that shit hurt, but it was a good lesson for me to 
kind of reset, restart, and understand what I should be doing. Um, mm-hmm. So it's always nice to be kind of put down, you know, not put in your place, but just kind of, you know, see somebody yeah. else's feedback. But, you and know, see what you I, can do I remember better. that conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I remember it. I, so, like, another thing that a lot of people don't know is I have, like, a photographic and audible memory. I can remember almost verbatim exactly what we talked about. Yeah. So what I did tell you is that, hey, George, so this was the second project we had worked on. The mm-hmm. first project we worked on, you crushed. Boom. You absolutely crushed. Yep. And the beauty of that project was I brought you in. Uh, it was, like, super last minute. And I literally just said, like, make this cool. Just, like, do this. It was for it was for Carly Fox. It was yep. insane. Victoria's Secret model. And then it was this, like, video for Adidas. Like, all this crazy shit. It was super heavy. And my direction to you was, like, make it fucking cool. Like, yep. make this cool. Here's the key point. Make it cool. And it was run and gun, and we did it. And the video, it was great. It, it like, we did it. So I was like, great. This would be dope. I'm going to bring George in for another project. Same thing. It was with um, Angie Kerber, mm-hmm. um, you know, super famous tennis player. And it was, you know, it was for Adidas again. And it was like, cool. What are we doing? What are we doing? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, kind of these are the key points about it, but just make it fucking cool. Yep. Just make it fucking cool. And what you did, and what I told you you did, was, hey, George, you didn't make it cool. You didn't do the thing that you do. Yep. And you even, and I remember you saying it. You're like, yeah, I, I second-guessed myself. I was like, oh, shit, like I did a good job for Adidas the first time. Now it's like a, it's another thing with Adidas, and it's bigger. So I have to, like, I have to, I have to do something. Yep. I tried too hard. On, yeah. It, it, it wasn't that you tried too hard. It was that you stopped being it goes back to the confidence and cocky. You, you, you didn't, you didn't hold on to the thing that made you, you, and you didn't like put in the excellence into the thing that made you excellent. You tried to do something else that wasn't you, that wasn't where you had put that time. Yeah. And, and, uh, listen, I, I love you. I've known you for like almost 20 years, probably like, yeah, yeah, like, like properly, like formally known you for like 15 years, but like, knew of you and of each other for probably 20. Yeah. And, um, like, yeah, like it wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, and, but, but that, and that's the thing I was going to say real yeah. quick, I was going to say like, without getting too much into that conversation, like that was something that, you know, it, it, it hurts because you're being hired to do this, this huge job. The first one went out, like you hired me and I killed it, you know? And I seriously was, I just let my, I let my body take over that first project. I just let my natural instincts do what it was supposed to do. And the second one, I was trying really hard to follow guidelines. I was trying to make sure that it went, you know, I did some research on everything that you guys have out there, everything Adidas has out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm going to shoot it like this. I'm going to shoot it like that. I'm going to shoot it like, and then I got so lost in trying to match what was out there that I didn't let my natural instinct, me, the person that has this creative thing that comes out, that flows out. I didn't let myself do that. I just kind of, I was numb to the connection between me and my, and what I naturally do. And that's, that's, I think that happens to so many people. And that was one of my, my moments in my life where I was at, at a, you know, here I am like, Oh God, I work with Carly Claus like you mentioned, mm-hmm. one of the biggest Victoria's Secret models in the world. And then the next one, I'm just like, come on, dude, do this. What's going on? 
and, and it was like it was a different human being and so when you when you you know openly which i love is you just pretty much just told me like straight up like this is what happened i was i was you know for a split second i was just like really bummed out about it like man i just messed everything up and that right there happens so often to so many people where they that's it that's the ender like i'm not good at this maybe i shouldn't be doing this maybe it's all over and and that's a great mm-hmm. thing about us is that we're, we know I've been how there, to, yeah. and we we reset you kind of for, you you use that as a learning experience and you reset and you move forward because mm-hmm. ain't nobody got time for that you can't just sit around and go oh mopey and like you got to keep moving and that's a great thing i think that's yeah. another lesson that i've gotten from bmx you know how many times do we fall on our faces and then finally on that day when you land whatever trick you were trying to do you are all of a sudden like it's like everything's forgotten all of the mm-hmm. falls you took are like don't even exist anymore like that one moment when you landed it and from that point on you're going to do this trick because your body has learned how to do it so that's i think that's one of those lessons that i constantly go back to like whenever i'm down on something any job i've done where i like i'm like fuck i really messed that this one up you know I just go mm-hmm. back to like, this is one out of hundreds of thousands of projects or jobs you're going to do. It's unfortunate. Somebody is paying you to do this. Somebody is hiring you to produce this and you just failed. But are you going to hold on to that moment and sit on it forever and just give up and do, you know, so I think that's something that for me, you know, I, I'm every now and then I, I like I'll I'll sh- I'll take it to this because again we keeps going keeps going back to BMX. When you haven't fallen on a BMX bike for a long time, for me I start to build fear until I take one good hit, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. I'm like ah it wasn't that bad, and it kind of helps you reset. It helps me realize like okay the fear's gone here it goes we we, we got this again. So so anyway um, I feel like we keep going back to BMX because that's where we came from pretty much. So, yeah for sure. So okay so. I mean, that was one of my struggles in, you know, a little bit in, in quick. It just, it kind of hit me hard. But when you finish school, right? Here you are, you're done with school. Um, what was, where was your starting point? Where'd you start? And any, did you have any struggles getting moving in that world? Like, here you are, you're, all right, you're graduating. Peace. Take care. Like, were there any yeah, moments well, where you were like, this is not going to work out? Now, you know what's crazy, um, and this goes back to that hard work, is like, um, you know, all that hard work has led me to like meeting all these people and, and doing work. And I was doing real world work before I graduated. So not only when I graduated did I have like a great student portfolio, I, I had, a, I, you know, I had an okay student portfolio, but I also had real work, real world, like applicable work. I had done work for um, Easton and Bell uh, Sports. You know, they make helmets and different sporting equipment. I worked for um, Feeding America, and I had worked um, for an agency in New York called Abrico. Um, this was like, I had just learned a lot. And so what happened was, um, I knew that, like, I was about to graduate. Um, I had a book. I had some real-world experience. So that was, like, that put me ahead. But I knew that. So, like, I, I, I looked at those, and I made kind of a, a formula and a plan. I said, well, I have a better than average book. It's not the best book, but it's a better than average book. It has real world application. I'm older. Um, 
and I can't fuck up. So I had just gotten engaged. Um, I like I I had everything to lose, um, but also nothing to lose at the same time. So what I did was it was like six weeks before graduation, was spring break. Um, my wife and I knew that we wanted to move to Portland, Oregon. So I pick up the phone and um, I just like I had set myself up. And so I went for a one week trip to Portland and I had eight interviews while I was there, two at Nike and then at a variety of other um, agencies in town. I also then happened to be driving past Adidas and I realized that um, Adidas was actually in Portland as the U.S. headquarters. Mm -hmm. So then I just picked up the phone and called them. And um, then I had an interview there the next day. And then I got hired that day. Six weeks later, I moved back. Um, but like what people don't know is that wasn't lucky. I put in, um, not my experience was the hard work, but like George, you may not even know this. Uh, I won an award from LinkedIn that year, which was crazy because I was preparing for the real world. Hey, what's up, Owen? Sorry, my son just walked in. Oh, no. Nice. But yeah, um, yeah, he's, he's playing hide and seek. But yeah, what's crazy was, so people were like, dude, how did you get all those interviews? But what I did was I hacked LinkedIn before LinkedIn was a big thing. Yeah. So back in 2007, if you looked at someone's profile, it would alert them, but it would also put in an algorithm that like you were kind of connected. So you would pop up on other people's that were connected to them okay. without ever clicking on them. Mm -hmm. So what I did was uh, for like a month and a half before I clicked on every single person in Portland. I'm not joking. Like every single person in Portland that was on LinkedIn that was either at Nike um, or any of the agencies that I wanted to be at. I mean like legitimately thousands and thousands and thousands of people. That's so wild. That's wild. Yeah. No, like, yeah, and what happened was hacking the system. Is that then the people that I then found out who were the people I needed to talk to? Only once I found that out did I add them. But what what they didn't realize was is that they had been seeing me. So I called each one of them. To me, email or going through these like corporate forms is bullshit. You need to find your way in because mm -hmm. it will always get sifted. I went directly to the source. Each one of these people were like heads of Nike, heads of these agencies, owners of the agencies. And I said, hey, my name is Andy Alvarez. Uh, I wanted to talk to you. Oh, I know who you are. They didn't. They did not know who I was. They didn't. But they thought they did. Wow. Um, because of the algorithm, because of the updates that they would get, because it looked like I was a part of their network, because I had kind of spammed them a little bit. Um, and like. Uh, like this was, you know, eight interviews plus this extra one at Adidas, which was fucking crazy. This is gold so, right now. This is this is one of those things that people would never have known. Whoever is going to hear this is going to go, "What? Well, I could have, you know, I could have done that." The truth is, they they, they won't. Did? They won't. You did. They won't do it. They won't do it. No. And and but they have their own path. Everybody but, does. Yeah. Um, and also, it was like, you know. Not that email was like a big thing then, but it was a new wave of communication. There was this new pseudo way of communicating that you, you know, everything had to be formal. No, I picked up the phone. And that's actually how I got my job at Adidas. I drove past it and I was like, oh shit. I was like, Adidas is here. 
So I was, um, we went to our hotel and I, 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 I went on to LinkedIn and I typed in creative director Adidas, not even knowing that there's like 10,000 creative directors at Adidas, right? Like this is, this is such a bullshit title. But the first one that came up was this guy um, named Eric Pelosi. So I literally picked up the phone and I called Adidas and I acted like I had a call with him. I said, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm calling to speak with Eric Pelosi. I didn't say, can I speak with Eric Pelosi? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm calling to speak with, you know, or uh, I have a call or something like that. It wasn't a lie, but it also wasn't the truth, whatever it was that I said. They patched me through. The guy answered the phone. I said, hey, man, you don't know me. Please don't hang up. I just want to send you my portfolio. I'm here for like another day. And he's like, yo, um, I, I can't hire you. Like, I, I didn't understand that. Like, we're talking about one of the biggest companies in the world. Yes. This guy does not do the hiring, right? He's like, I can't hire you. I said, man, just let me send you your book. I didn't know that he, I didn't know that there were like these different divisions of product and graphics and, and footwear and, and advertising and all this stuff. But he happened to be the right guy. He was the head of brand design. He's like, yeah, yeah, you can send me, like, here's my email. And he, like, I think, like, before I hung up, he was like, yeah, you're not going to get hired. Like, I can't hire you. But I sent him my book, um, like, immediately after. And 20 minutes later, I got a phone call. Hey, can you come in tomorrow? What? I was like, yeah, come in tomorrow. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. So then I went in I went in the next day, had an interview. I met a bunch of people. And they said, when can you start? I said, I can start in six weeks. Like, because it was literally six weeks to the day was the day after I graduated college. And that's exactly what happened. I said, okay, cool. So over those six weeks, I finished all the rest of my schoolwork. I found a house in Portland. I set up everything. I graduated college. And then next, or that night, no, it was, I graduated on a Saturday. On a Sunday, I flew to Portland. And on a Monday, I started. And that was it. And uh, yeah, like, it was crazy. And that then, then led me down an entire crazy road of opportunities and weird shit that then brought me to germany it's so wild it's so wild that that's how you got like i I never expected you to tell me like i've never heard your story obviously but just to hear it because i remember when you graduated all i remember is like and he's moving boom you know Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden although i followed you here and there like i get a phone call one day and you're from germany and i'm like i was calling you from germany and then you texted me. You're like, answer your damn phone. It's me, Andy. I'm like, oh, I, I think I started like machine gun calling you. Yeah, <laughs> you were. I'm like, who the hell's calling you from Germany at three in the morning or something like that? You know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's so wild, man. I'm very proud of you because that's that's what it that's what it takes, and that's a great thing about you that I like is like, there's no there's no bullshit. You're not gonna just kind of half-ass it. You're gonna go for it, and yeah, all the way. M- most people would never have gotten that opportunity because it would go through the system which is submitting application to this person blah 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 yeah blah, blah. you know it just disappears and somebody hires their cousin uncle or friend yeah. and you never got get the opportunity here you are now like dude you are in my eyes a success somebody that i i say is doing it full time um when i got to stay with you in germany i saw it every single day you went into and and, and you're part of a, a team and then going on shoots with you and seeing how you operate it's it's crazy and so um but you're also now starting your own thing or you started your own thing mm-hmm. what is yeah, what yeah. talk about that a little bit like what is it about exactly well you know i spent so many years like working in the industry and i've, I've worked for a number of people i've worked for triumph motorcycles um downstream which is like a 3d and digital and experiential firm 
Um, I've worked at Adidas twice. Um, and I've just found that like, I can't fuck with the way that, that the industry works. It's an old model. Um, it's very, very like monostructural. Like if you're a designer, you only do this one thing over and over and over again. If you're a photographer, you can only be a photographer. If you're a videographer, you can only, like, it's so boring. And I was, and I started, you know, I, I got to like, uh, what I would consider like a pinnacle of what I was doing. I was like leading the creative, developing it like end to end from concept all the way through creation. Um, like working with all the biggest athletes, like the best photographers, like, you know, videographers, like whoever I wanted and like putting together these insane campaigns for this company and, and all the companies that I work for. Um, but then I would like, I started to be like, I could do that. Like I could, I've done that. Or like, maybe we should do that different. But you know, I would have someone say to me, um, yeah, but you're not the, you're not this guy. And I was like, but I do that. I do that shit on my own anyway. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just saw all these like, I, I crave efficiency. Um, it's, it's because it's the only way that you can move at a million miles an hour, um, without snagging. Right. So I'm confident I will draw the line and I will fucking go. But when you start to see that there's all these channels that you need to go through that you don't really need, um, it begs the question, like, well, if the industry is not going to change, like how can, how can I make it change? If it's bothering me so much, what can I do? And that's what led me to doing my own thing, um, which is called the Stone Age, and it's actually um, it's a joke. It's me taking the piss on on an on a, an entire industry that I believe is like living in the Stone Age, right? Like, um, and what what I do is, and my homies that I work with, and the clients that we work with, we do end to end everything. So not only do we do the creative, you know, from the, from the concept to the creation, mm -hmm. to the, um, photos, videos, the edits, building out the retail experience, writing the stories, writing the copy, come like everything that an entire ad agency would do. We do. Plus we do the catering. Plus we book the hotels. Plus we fly in the talent. Plus we, um, you know, pick up the fucking trash. Yeah. And why? Because it's just easier. And if you know that you can shoot a photo and cut a video in the same day, or that you can be that same guy, what ends up happening is you're able to provide your client with a cheaper, better product um, that, you know, that you're happy with. So when you have to start compromising by hiring out all of these people, um, you lose a little bit of that. And I never wanted to lose out on the work that I wanted to do. And I found that although, you know, I had this amazing thing going um, at Adidas, um, I was missing out big time on everything that I really wanted to do. And I'm so thankful that I got to see the whole side of, of all of that. Um, but now I have the opportunity every day to do literally everything that I want to do. And that, um, the, the studio was born out of the need to get back to who I was. And I found that, you know, it's the, it's the same reason that I think in a little bit of ways, you know, that, that one video from you, like was a flop. 
was that it was like you stopped doing the thing that you did. And um, I stopped, I started cutting out bits of the things that made me me, right? Um, because as you progress inside these companies, you get more, you get more put into a box and more into a box and it becomes narrower and narrower and narrower until you, uh, you don't do shit. And people think that that's awesome. Like, but for me, that's not the case. Like, yeah. Some, I want some people live their whole life day. like that. Some people live their whole yeah. lives like that. They, they, they get a job that pays them, gives them a paycheck every other week. Um, and they sit there and retire. And that's okay. For some people, that's great. You retire, okay, you do man. one yeah. singular job every day. But for, I'm, I'm with you with that. Like, you know, I talk about it all the time. I'm the, you know, on my end, we wear many hats. Um, and I enjoy, I don't do it because I, I have to, I do it because I enjoy it. I enjoy wearing many hats and what I do for a living. And I think with you, with that said, is is you're, you're the, you know, you're the same way. And many people are starting to go that route because you're hiring these huge agencies to do a singular job and they're also hiring other production agents, uh, other production companies to it's produce insane. this stuff. And then by the time the client is paying, they're like, wow, how much is it yeah. again? You know, so I think it's great. I think there's 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 room for all of these different um, kind of niche things, you know, like w mm -hmm. levels of it. And I think it's I think it's great to be able to have somebody like yourself who's been in the world you've been in the industry you see it from your perspective and you see how it works you see the people that are going like no no we can't do that because of why because i say so not because there's a real reason behind it it's just because i say so this is my position to say yeah, yes man. or no and then you're mm -hmm. like no we're gonna do people it people gotta right. earn that paycheck yeah you they know gotta earn the paycheck. they gotta they earn gotta, that paycheck yep and and so you're you're able to do it and people you know turn their their heads and go holy shit that's really cool who did that well, that was because there was nobody saying it couldn't be done. So I think that's where yeah. it's going. And that's the great part about, you know, um, what you're doing and what most people are trying to get to that, that there is that opportunity to start your own thing and to do it how you want to, um, and not have to listen to somebody else. And, and it keeps you fresh. It keeps you young. It keeps you, gives you a, a fresh set of eyes and you're not, you know, like that's one thing I always tell people, like, I don't want to collect a paycheck every day. Like, I don't just want to walk into a place, stick myself inside of a cubicle. You know, I'm a very outgoing, kind of happy. I want to say hello to everybody, talk to everyone I meet kind of person. And so if you put me in that, I'm just going to get depressed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you just become you're just a pretty much a, a you're on a conveyor belt of work. You can hear you go stamp this. Cool. I stamped it pass it down to the next person and that's it. And that's not what we do. That's not what we want yeah. to do. And for me, like, you know what? Like, that's okay. Like for me, whatever people want to do, like I support that. And like, I show mad love. Like if that's you, that's cool. But for me, Hey, I would, I would rather work until I die and be happy with the work that I'm doing than spend a single day doing something I don't want to do so that one day I just don't have to work. Yep. Exactly. That is like, that's the, that's the fucking, that's the saddest thing. But anyway, that's, that's, that's other people's path. That's not my path. It's not for me to judge. Yeah. It's just yeah. for me. Yep. Um, and so real quick, know, yeah. real quick, I just want to, because I know we've, you know, we've been actually on the phone for an hour, which is great, but I want to talk, I want to touch base on something that I really value about you. And I look at outside of work, like you are a great dad. 
you have a great relationship with your son Owen. Like, where where does that come from? Like, honestly, man, I've known you for a long time. We've been on the deck on BMX talking crap to each other. And when mm-hmm. I saw you as a dad, I saw you in a different light. And w- how come and, and why? What is the inspiration for being the dad that you are? Man, well, I appreciate that. You know, um, having it's for me, it comes down to like this like singular statement is like I didn't have a kid to not be a dad. Like I had a kid to be the best dad that I could be. Um, and I think that the, the way that I am with him, the things that we do, the opportunities that he's had will have, um, is simply because like, it's my job to be the best, like dad that I can be, you know? Um, and I think that that means different things for other people. Um, but for me, like bar none, he is the most important thing in my life. Everything that I do is for him. And that's it. Like, it's such an easy, for me, it's really easy to talk about it. Like there's nothing that I wouldn't do for him. And there's not a singular thing in my day or choice that I make that he's not involved in, whether he knows it or not. Um, and because of that, like he's a fuck, like he's an awesome kid. He's super well adjusted. He's like he's just fucking rad, you know. Like, and he's his own person. And um, I, I think that you know, my wife and I, like we, we've just always gone all in for him. And I think there's a lot of people that unfortunately like don't go all in for their kids. Like, like I said it before. Like, I had a kid to be the best dad, not to have a kid to also be a dad like i'm just a dad now that's it everything else that i do is like it it only goes into him if that makes sense no no i get it i get it and i see it i mean i mean even the the short time i spent with you um you guys are always doing something always traveling somewhere always exposing him to anything and everything and that's something that a lot of a lot of time parents they have kids and they go back to work you know and by go back to work i mean their kid is just a part of you know, five o'clock to bedtime. Um, yeah. And for you, it's like any time that you get to spend with him and teach him things and, you know, expose him to things. Um, that's great. So that's something that I kind of look up to. I mean, that, that's an, another mm-hmm. thing that kind of defines a person in my eyes is, is what, what are they like with their family? Um, yeah. Outside of work, we all do something. Um, we're all trying to do something. We're all learning and, growing and moving forward but what you do with family and with friends for me defines the person the most um because that to me tells you what kind of a person they are um yeah you know it it tells you it tells you everything man and i gotta like to that point george there's there's a lot of people uh not a lot of people but i would say there's like more than i expected amount of people that like once i had a kid um I was, it was like very clear to me that like, I didn't want to fuck with those people anymore Yeah, and not because of like what they were doing was right or wrong or something like that. It was just did not align with my value system and like how I, how I operate now, you know, um, like, like with my son, dude, I work, I do more and work less because I refuse to not spend the amount of time I want to spend with him. So I will fucking, I can shut out all the distractions 
and just grind, make decisions for better or worse so that I can finish what I need to do to then just be with him. Right. Um, and you know, you then, you know, people are like, Oh, let's go out. And I'm like, why, why would I go out? I don't like, you know what I mean? Like I want to be with him and my wife and do our shit. And trust Um, me, we know, we know about going out in the past, you know, like there's, there's no, there's no secret that we used to live the life. It's, it's something. Yeah. So for you to transition, even, even that as a dad, you're like, no, I'm going to hang out with my family and that's what I'm going to do. And if I have a drink, it's going to be in, in my place (laughs) for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's always great to see people because there are people like, like I said, have kids and they still live that lifestyle and go out and like their kid is just like a handbag or something like that. They're just part of their life. And, yeah. and you know, not to say people raise their kids differently. Some of the people that I know um, have grown up without, you know, any attention being paid to them and they become great people and some, and so mm-hmm. you never know, you never know. And you hope that you're a kid. You are, never know. You know. And, and, and there's also, there's no right way. Like I can say that for sure. There's, there's, there's my way because that's my reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like that's, but like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe there is a right way. Like uh, I've been fortunate. Like, dude, my kid's been to 17 countries. He speaks multiple languages. Like he, he's not afraid, you know, of, of, that he shouldn't be afraid of. Yeah, not afraid right? of the world. Like he's, he's not, and I think that that's a beautiful thing, and um, I think that, that can only come from uh, giving your kid the, the right things and the things that they need. So, Yeah, it is. So that's cool, and that's. I just wanted to bring that point up. I just, I just knew that something. No, I, I, wanted, I, appreciate I wanted to it, make sure that I, that you what we spoke about, just because it's something that's important. Um, but yeah, man, yeah, no thanks. Doubt. Thanks. It was really cool to understand more. Like even even as a friend, we've known each other. We've been on the road together, and uh, mm-hmm. and there's there's so much. Like all all I I saw is Andy going back to school. Andy is now working for these companies, um, but he, I never knew the road. And I'm sure there's much more um, that people will never know that it took to get to where you are. But I'm very yeah. proud of you. And I and, you know when I see it, see what you're doing, it's it's like it's 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 like, man, I want to, I want to work harder myself to be there. Or from the outside perspective, somebody might look at me and go, he's, you're already there. What are you talking about? You're, you are doing it. But it's always like, it's always nice to see people that I know, um, who are inspirational in, in, in their own way and what they're doing and just kind of are doing their, taking their own path and they're making it work. So for me, it's always, you know, um, I'm very thankful for your time and thankful when I get to work with you. Um, and so I really appreciate it. And before we cut, I just wanted to know if you want to give up any information as far as like any contact or where people can find you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, man, it's funny. Uh, you can, you can find me on Instagram. That's like, that's all I'll give you. I'll just, like, I'll just add a link. Can, I'll add a link to, uh, yeah, I'll add a link to the, when I, I post this, I'll add a link to your add a, add a link, you know, um, it's, it's at bro limit soldier. You know, if you find my work or, or, or you have questions about it, you know, hit me up. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's something that like, uh, I don't like to, I like to plug me, not, not my work, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so if you find my website, if you find that shit, if you have any questions, 
feel free to reach out, but um, I'd rather you know me than, than the work. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it is about. It's about knowing the person that's doing it. You know, it's not about yeah. all the other stuff. Like you, you're already doing it. Yeah, it's not like you're looking for somebody mm-hmm. to contact you via Instagram and say, "Hey, dude, we want to hire you." But it's, yeah, it's always nice for someone who is, um, you know, aspiring to be what what you're doing or whatever it is to be able to have and see, like, oh shit, this person's doing some good work or doing that or doing the other. So, thanks yeah, again. Yeah, and I actually. Hey, no, no, no problem, George. Thank you for having me. Um, super happy to get the call and uh, keep them going. Yeah, man. I'm excited uh, when this whole thing is over. I'm glad we did not once mention what's going on in the world right now because every time you turn the TV on, there's something being posted. So um, I yeah. hope that we, whoever hears us, hears it for for what it is and gets something out of it. And again, thank you for your time. Thanks for everything you've done for me. And I'm always thanking you oh, for no everything, but, um, but yeah. Hey, excited. you know what, George? Yeah, talk to me. I, I leave you with just this, because you said it, and I, I didn't bring it up. There's there's only the one key thing that all of this boils down to, in my opinion, is only fuck with the people you want to fuck with and forget the rest. That goes into only do the work you want to do, only surround yourself with the people you want to surround yourself, whether you've met them yet or not. Um, and when you do that, like, how can you be miserable? Right? Like if you just, if you just keep that tight circle and, and only focus on what you want, you never have to worry about the other shit. So, yeah. And with that, I and have I like nothing to, more to add. Know? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're my boy. So I, I appreciate it. And, uh, you're, you're in the circle. Thanks again, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, buddy. Talk, to All you right, talk to you later. Thanks again. All right, that was Andy Alvarez. Um, If you'd like to find out more about him, I'll put a link on the uh, description for this podcast. Um, Great guy, came from the BMX world, transitioned into the creative world. As you heard from his story, he was doing this since he was a a young boy. And even before he moved to Woodward Camp, he was um, already in his path to photography. And it's so crazy for me to find out that... um, he transitioned into the creative, the graphic design world because he found out about the program while he was applying for school. So there you go. Hopefully you got something from this podcast. I think for me it's very exciting. There's a lot of curse words on it. Um, Andy, um, <laughs> you know, when you get around Andy, you get to hear. He's it's just the way he is. He says whatever's on his mind. So that's a, the best part about him and who he is. So. Uh, thanks again if you found this interesting and you have any comments any ideas for future podcasts um, anything you want to hear I've got a really good list of people uh, ranging for from photographers to producers producing in Hollywood um, who are going to be part of this podcast Uh, these are all many of these are people I've met in the industry while working on it others are people that I grew up with Um, it seems like the BMX world um, a lot of those guys have transitioned to doing some big things. So I'm able to then connect with those guys because we are friends from the BMX world. So thanks again. This is George Travell and the podcast is Generation Creative. Um, hopefully you had a great time. Thanks.